Oh, we're live. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we are now live on YouTube. It's the 167th episode of the Mina's House podcast. I'm Mina Say What? I'm Shayna B. Garnett Briscoe. Jack Ducky. Okay, so I am for the first time broadcasting on YouTube. So I apologize the delay. We're trying to figure it out. But uh, welcome. I'm really excited about today's podcast. The whole gang is here. Um, we got a lot to talk about. First and foremost, uh, we are available on a lot of platforms right now. So uh, let me pull up the list because the list is pretty long at this point. So we are available on, obviously, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify is new. Uh, you can listen to us on TuneIn, on Alexa, Amazon Music, obviously SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Stitcher. I mean, Deezer, Player FM, Listen Notes, basically everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh Welcome to anyone listening to us on any of these platforms. Thank you for checking us out. And I hope you come back next week. So um, let's get into what's going on in our feed. This is where we talk about all the entertainment stories that literally like bombard our social media pages. I think the biggest thing recently, as in like the past couple of days, is I don't know why, but people think the pandemic is coming to an end because the numbers are coming down and Johnson and Johnson has introduced the third vaccine and a lot of states are lifting restrictions. Texas is now 100 percent open. They no longer have a mask mandate in Philadelphia. Events are back on uh, outdoor events can have 20 percent capacity, 15 percent capacity for indoor events. More and more people are getting vaccines. Quavo is out here saying the quarantine is over. Come over to Atlanta. How are you guys feeling as law-abiding citizens that care about your health? <laughs> I'm just so confused as we are about to reach our COVID shelter-in-place anniversary. It's literally <laughs> in a year, like the second week of March, we are getting closer and closer to there. And I get, like, I get businesses want to go back and people want to feel you know, normal, but I just don't feel like we are that far out of the woods. I understand numbers are declining in terms of new cases. And I understand that the vaccine is more readily available, but I feel like this is like, we're about to jump out the window way too fast. You know, when you're a young girl, your mom tell you, you know, don't go out in the streets too fast. <laughs> you learn the hard way. I feel like we're about to learn the hard way. I think we safe. We good. We right. so I now. Um, this I mean, is coming from the guy that was kissing babies in the beginning of the pandemic. So let's just get that clear right now. Listen, I'm 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 here to tell you this story. That's all. I'm here. Um, now uh, Atlanta is just a different place. Like we always say this every episode, whether it's Florida or Atlanta, they just different. They don't care about a lot of things we care about. So from his perspective. I'm pretty sure it wasn't that bad because Atlanta been open this whole damn time. Same, same thing with Florida. Uh, I, I had cousins that visited Florida um, to go see other family members. They said when they went down there, people looked at them like they was crazy for having on a mask to the point where they was like, you know what? 
all right, I'm not going to wear a mask. They got bullied out of wearing a mask. Let me tell you, if you're that weak minded, you got to get your life together. Because I went to Florida and people were looking at me crazy and I was looking at them crazy right back. Like y'all crazy ass Trump supporters. Y'all better put your damn mask on. And that was like when only Trump supporters weren't wearing their mask. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not going to bully me into not worrying about my health. I don't care where the hell I am. Stand back six feet. Wait, I just want, before Jack starts, I just want to say, and then just remember the story about lessening masks. I was in the Dollar Tree today. I'm not going to say which one in Philadelphia, <laughs> but all I'm going to say is I saw the cashier with her mask now. So, of course, you in the store, you, she was checking somebody out and eating a Slim Jim at the same time. No <laughs> lie, <laughs> only in Philadelphia. Jack, <laughs> Y'all talking about Florida and whatnot. Philadelphia got some mess with them too. Just go to your local Dollar General. Mina, <laughs> um, you brought up a good point when you mentioned Trump supporters. And, you know, when the presidential like election was going on, we were told that as after the election, the, the quarantine would be over, coronavirus would disappear. We were told that by Donald Trump and he didn't seem to have been lying. Like, I mean, the election is over now. Joe Biden has been sworn into office. Now, all of a sudden we have all these vaccinations and then people and granted, these are people in red states, but they're opening up the countries and whatnot, the country and whatnot. And it just to me seems I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, theorist like that, but it really does seem politically motivated to me. Like I, I genuinely do start, I'm starting to now think more and more that the coronavirus was, I don't want to say created, but I definitely think it was pushed a little bit to get Donald Trump out of office. Well, the facts are that, um, you know, when this pandemic started, it wouldn't have gotten as bad as it did if Trump would have been doing his job. So, um, you know, that, that that's the first. Right. So it would have been over way before he was on his way out if he had been doing his job. But he was in New Jersey golfing instead. Or because he didn't do his due diligence at the beginning. People saw this as an opportunity to take advantage of it and continue to push scare tactic on the country and now that he's out of office because they blamed him for it and I blamed him for it but people blamed him for it he's out of office in my opinion simply because of the coronavirus I think if this stuff never happened I think he probably would have had a chance to win again he's out of office now and I really do think people took advantage of him not doing anything at the beginning and like maybe pushed this as if it was worse than it actually was granted I think the coronavirus series I wear the mask and everything but it's just a little convenient to me that all of a sudden now we have all the vaccinations and country and states are opening up and all that kind of stuff. It just something. It just is a little fishy to me. Well, what, what, we don't have all the vaccinations. Like some of those states, like a Mississippi, yeah, they might be good because how many people in per capita is there? But like in Philadelphia, there are still a lot of people that were supposed to get it that still have not gotten it yet. Like, and the thing is, the only reason why I would say we definitely know, I do believe that it might have been man-made and got out like they was trying to work on a virus and then it got out yeah the worst but only reason why i don't think obviously it was just hype because i know so many people personally that got the virus and unfortunately most of these people were people that were doing the right things and like quoted from somebody at their job but like they weren't like people going to atlanta the party and and unfortunately almost a year later some of those people have still very severe very very severe health issues. I don't think it was fake at all. I really don't think it was fake by any any means or whatever, but I just think like our government 
did a lot more with this than was necessary. Like, well, I think that we were fed a lot of scare tactics. Well, you also have to think that we now have new leadership. So with this new leadership, there's more, um, you know, money going towards vaccination uh, processes. And, you know, there is more of a co-op from what I think, a collaborative effort when it comes to coronavirus. Whereas before it felt like the president was directly going against what the the health professionals were saying, I feel like this leadership is actually working with them. And that might be what you see, you know, um, that's why we have these vaccines being cranked out. So um, I just think in general, I want to kind of stick to the topic of not was this a political tactic or not, but are we out of the woods? Because I think we could all agree, regardless of our differing opinions, we could all agree that this is a real thing. People got sick. People died. Some people are still dealing with the effects. Are we out in of the woods where we can open up certain things like Texas is 100 percent open? We're going to see. We're going to find out. I'd rather have them test themselves than us be the test dummies. Um, Shout out to Texas. Y'all do y'all thing and let us know what's going on. But I truly hope it's, you know, it's coming to an end at the end of the day. Um, You know, I I don't know the exact numbers or whatever they're doing. So I don't really know if we're in the woods or out of the woods. Going back to even what Dex said, all based on kind of what you believe. Like we may have been out of the woods this whole time. So I don't think we're out of the woods. I think me neither. I just think that again, the way our country just operates, whether who was whatever, I just think, you know, when we look at other countries that definitely did things a little differently and were able to get their numbers in in a really good place very early. I just think by us again, not kind of not making unified decisions to come out of this, we're going to be in the same situation where we were at the height of this. I think if we made more unified decisions as a country coming out of it, then we could probably, you know, be able to really do this in a successful way. But I just think with certain states opening up, like Texas, who was never really closed, we don't know what Georgia going to do, but we know after this all-star weekend, and again, we know people have been partying, but again, this goes back to like last year with the Super Bowl. Now people are going to party and travel back home. So it's just like, I just think that, you know, we are in for at least another spike. I don't know that we'll ever go back to completely being closed because if our economy can stand that, but I I just don't know that we're out of the woods yet. I'm not going to Atlanta to go party for All-Star. I'm telling you that. Same. Dex, you don't think we're out of the woods or you think we've been out? I I, I honestly, I don't think people care, to be honest. I think even the people like us who are safe, I don't even think at this point, I don't even think we care. I think that obviously we're going to do what we have to do to, to put masks on and be safe. We're not going to be at the Dollar General eating Slim Jims or whatnot. But like, I think we're all going to go to restaurants. I think we're all going to travel. I think we're all going to do the things that we want to do. We've been in this for a year and we're over it. Mm. I actually don't think we're out of the woods. I think that we're a little bit too comfortable with the vaccines. Um, These vaccines are not even 100 percent effective. I mean, the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines have not been tested towards the new strains. And if they are their their, you know, protection rate is going to go down. You know, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine they're saying is only like 67 percent effective because they've tested it against the new strains you know, which are a lot more contagious than the ones that we initially had. So I don't think we're out of the woods. I do think there needs to be like a balance where we're kind of open, but not all the way, but 100% open. I think that's that is grossly um, irresponsible 
for anybody at this point to be 100 percent open when uh, we don't have 100 percent vaccined 100 percent of the population vaccined and the vaccines that we have aren't 100 percent effective so um moving on you mentioned the all-star game uh shayna so the all-star game is happening this sunday they're trying to pack it all in so in order to be like covid safe they try to pack it all in into one day but it's almost like why did y'all even do this because the one day is a five hour to six hour event they got hbcus performing marching bands you know step teams you know and and we we happy that people are being represented but a marching band ain't got five people in it you know uh, a marching band got a couple people now some of them are going to be remotely performing some of them are going to be there and then you got all the unofficial you know all-star events bleacher reporters doing a basketball game with little baby and two chains and going up against quavo and jack harlow i mean are we in a pandemic all i'm saying is i not that you had to do the all-star game but y'all had to do it in atlanta like, why are we really supposed to be in Indiana? Y'all couldn't just Indiana. Atlanta, y'all knew what we were getting into in Atlanta. Yeah, they're not, they not playing games in Atlanta. Or apparently they are. And they're letting everybody in. Atlanta don't care. Same thing with the Super Bowl. None of it really makes sense when you think about it. Like, it, it just kind of don't make sense. So all these guys are going to be there during COVID and sweat all over each other. And then, like you said, go back in. They're probably going to be at other parties, whatever, whatever the heck they're doing. But it just don't make sense. So, I mean, I'm happy that they're attempting to do something. It is going to be a little weird and different having it structured like that. But even taking over a whole weekend for the All-Star, I think, is wild in the first place. Um, it's not that much really going on besides the dunk contest and the three-point contest. Nobody else wants to see anything else, to be honest, which nobody wants to see point guards pass into a little hole. Nobody wants to see that. We want to see dunks and threes and then the game. So one day should be fine. It's better than the whole weekend to me. I think it's a terrible idea. Just like it <laughs> was a terrible idea. I think that like there are people that I know that are booking trips to go to Atlanta right now, but they're not going to the actual all-star game. They're going to what you guys mentioned, the unofficial parties, which mm-hmm. are going to be COVID spreader events. And I think these people do not care. Like I said before, I don't think we're anywhere near out of the woods, but I genuinely don't think people care. And that's why we're going to continue to be in this. Child, that's why I be in the house. I ain't playing with (laughs) y'all. I said on the radio. No, no, I'm going to be in the house two weeks quarantined after the All-Star game and I won't even be there. I'm going to be right in the house. And I'm like, I don't want to I don't want to interact with y'all. Y'all going to the same pizza store I'm going to. You know, we going to the same Walmart. You know, we going to the same, you know, why, why? Nope, I'm staying in the house. <laughs> but I think that's the part that gets frustrating, though. Like the fact that we've done that for a year, like we've 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 stayed in the house and ran to the grocery store and did what we had had to do in the house and other people didn't do that and like we all know someone who was affected by COVID but we all know someone who's been extremely reckless and they haven't been affected by it so you and it's not just one person it's multiple people that you know who've been extremely reckless and I'm not talking about you uh, extremely reckless and they haven't been affected by it whatsoever so then you look at it we're like well damn I want to go to Tulum too and everybody's doing it <laughs> nothing's happening to them like there's oh. no consequences Yo. 
people. The worst is when people be fighting you, right? So they not following the rules, but they want to fight with you regarding like what the resolution to the problem is. Like I was, we were having some conversation and I was like, yeah, they need to shut down all travel. And here comes someone in the group chat talking about, no, they shouldn't. That's the person that be traveling everywhere. And I'm like, you know, you're not trying to be confrontational. You, But you, I, you know, I really wanted to say you're the problem. You, you're the reason why th- this is a problem because you want to go and travel here travel there and then now you inviting me over your house next weekend you're supposed to be quarantined two weeks after coming in from outside the country that's mm, but fact. those that's be the first ones fighting with you no they shouldn't shut down travel well we know why you got that opinion what were you saying garnett i just said that that's a rough thing to expect somebody to do is to get back home and then stay in the house for two weeks that's a little wild you- you you didn't have to go right like you can't if i book a trip to go somewhere you think i care i don't care i really don't care (laughs) i don't care all right so sunday night oprah is spilling all the tea okay with prince harry and Meghan markle so they have this dramatic clip and it's like harry's like i don't want history to repeat itself and you immediately think princess diana his mother you know she was she was literally persecuted by the paparazzi to the point where they caused her death you know um we really don't know what's going on with the Royals. So this is some hot tea that Oprah got. Sunday night, are you watching NBA All-Star shenanigans or are you watching Oprah spill the tea? I'm watching Oprah spill the tea. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Garnett already put it out there. After I watch a little dunk and something that's going to happen about 6 p.m., then Oprah's going to come on 8 p.m. and I'm ready for it. I am a royal nista. I feel like Harry is my little brother, so I am all here for it. How's that work? And I do not want to hear no rich people problems. I'm not trying to hear that. To be honest with you, I, I'd rather watch them dribble the basketball, do little dunks, as Shayna would say. Yeah, I, I'm I'm good. I'll catch the highlight clips from Oprah at the end of the night. No, I'm I'm good off that. I'm with Garnett. I'm going to watch the the All-Star game and judge people that are there. That's what I'm going to (laughs) do. I'm flipping back and forth, (laughs) you know, like I but but I'm going to be primarily focused on Oprah. Right. And then I'm going to go over like when Oprah's in commercial, I'm going over to our star, you know, when All-Star is in commercial, I'm coming back to Oprah. So um. The thing about the All-Star game is, remember last year they changed the format because of Kobe Bryant? So what they did was in the last quarter, the first person to score 24 points, that's when the game would end. And then whoever has the most points at that point wins. So you don't really got to watch the All-Star game until the last quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even matter. Right. So I'm going to be primarily on Oprah and I'm going to be flipping back and forth. All right. So, Dex, um, I chose this story because of you. We know that you're a huge WWE fan and um, that's why we can't do our podcast on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Dex, Soldier Boy said that WWE is fake. And literally the whole wrestling community is attacking him, including Randy Orton, who I don't know who that is, but the floor is yours. De- the floor is yours, Dexter. Do your thing. 
Randy Orton is a, I want to say, 14-time world champion, one of the best. He's a third-generation, a second-generation wrestler. His dad, Cowboy Bob Orton, was there as well. Randy Orton is the man. Like, he's a former world champion. Like, he kills it every Monday night. However, Soulja Boy will beat the shit out of Randy Orton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my problem. Like, I was watching the wrestlers responding. And Grant, wrestlers are, like, in great shape. Like, these are not, like, weak guys or small girls or whatever. But the problems that Soldier Boy will bring to you will not be what you guys are. It's not what you want. Like, they, they were offended by it because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of like if someone said, like, your job was, was garbage, basically. And it's like they were saying, like, well, look, like, you're saying, like, wrestling is fake. And it is predetermined. Like, everybody knows that. But as far as them hitting each other and doing the moves and actually getting injured, like, that's real. Like, they really are doing those things to each other. And they were offended because, like, him throwing that out there, and I guess because he has such a large platform, it's just like, dude, like, you're insulting what we do. Like, that's not okay. I just think it got a little too far, though. Yeah, I don't understand <laughs> this. Isn't wrestling fake? Like, isn't this common knowledge? I don't understand why everybody was so offended. I think is the, think is the word that they had the offense around. Like, again, <laughs> had he said it's, it's orchestrated, it's rehearsed. I don't know. If he would have maybe said another word, it might have went over a little smoother. Yeah. This just kind of shows like maybe how like far detached the WWE is from hip hop culture. Why they care about what Soldier Boy got to say? Like why? Why do they care about what Big Soldier had to say? Even though I will, you know, uh, give him a benefit of doubt. That's probably just a lot, an easy line nobody's thinking about. You know, because all right, WWE or or wrestling. That's stuff that's been said forever before Soldier Boy. So. I'll, I'll give him a little credit on that, but to what Dex was saying about those guys really hitting each other, that's true. So the storyline itself may be predetermined, may be fake and everything, but those guys are really in shape. Those guys really do hit each other. And those guys would slap the red hat off a of soldier boy if he said that in real life. They don't, he don't want those problems, I'm telling you. He don't want those problems. <laughs> but can I also just say this really quickly though, like this soldier boy thing, is genius on Soldier Boy's part. WWE has so much money. Like they just signed this deal with Peacock, so they're they're becoming more mainstream. Bad Bunny is now he's not a wrestler, but Bad Bunny, the performer, he did a song called Booker T, and Booker T is a wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Booker T was in the video. They then put Bad Bunny on TV to perform the song. I Bad saw that. Then they started making merchandise for Bad Bunny, $5 million overnight for merchandise with Bad Bunny. Then Bow Wow made this tweet about wrestling, and he's about to get a, like some money from them to do something. So I can guarantee you WrestleMania is coming up, which is like the Super Bowl of wrestling. I can guarantee you they'll have Soldier Boy part of that because this story blew up. So they, if they have him there, they get so much mainstream attention, and they're going to pay Soldier Boy for doing it too. So are you saying that he orchestrated this? this no, I think I don't think they expected it to blow up the way it did. I think it's what Garnett said. It was just a, a cool like like pun and a cool line to put out there. But because these people jumped onto it and because everybody's talking about it now, they're gonna capitalize on that and make money off of it. Dex is a genius, and I say this because <laughs> don't say that to him. Because <laughs> he be he be sounding like a Trump supporter sometimes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about those times, but in this case, he may be onto something because. Like those are just like <laughs> very shrewd business deals that like um, any of the McMahons would do as far as like line and everything. Because in, in wrestling, it's lined up like that as far as the storyline and how it goes. You really never know what's coming next. So if he's doing that 
in real life and orchestrating these stories. Like, hey, listen, say that. It's very possible. You might be on the subject. They need to give Wale a check. Like, you know, I, yeah, yeah, Wale gets a WWE check. Like, the, one of the guys, Big E, is a wrestler who wrestles on Friday Night SmackDown. His theme music is actually a Wale song. Yes, Wale. Okay, so it's funny, Dex, that you think that Soldier Boy will beat Randy Orton's ass and then. Well, I, think that, it, I think it's true. <laughs> <laughs> See? Illegal stuff. <laughs> Can't do that in a wrestling ring. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he'll shoot him. I do think that. <laughs> and then Garnet, you think that Randy will actually beat Soldier Boy's ass? So even that in itself, the fact that there's two differing opinions, I would like to see them wrestle because Soldier Boy is so damn skinny. I don't see him whooping anybody's ass. I was gonna say that too when you said that, Dex. I was like, really? Randy, why and Bill? I was thinking about guns. <laughs> oh, you went right to the weapons. Okay, gotcha. Got oh, and you. a couple weeks ago, actually, they did even did something with Cardi B. Like one of them mentioned Cardi B, and she tweeted them, and then I like, saw like that. they are they are doing this stuff on purpose. I'm convinced. Wait, but so remember when uh, uh, Soldier Boy was like Drake? You know, so when he was talking to uh, Randy Orton, I was reading it in that voice. So he was like, "Do you know who I am?" I'll bring the real to wrestling. Don't play with me, Randy Oraton. With all these hands, <laughs> that's how it happened in my head. Great, me too. <laughs> all right, so let's get to our topic for today. Um, so this is a Dexter. Well, this is a Dexter inspired topic, but I actually tweeted about this earlier because I saw people talking about it on social media. So the conversation we want to have is about internships, you know, um, so we are we ain't old on this podcast, but we not no spring chickens, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not like one or two years removed from college so we come from the days of you work for free and then you work for twenty five thousand dollars a year and then you work your ass off <laughs> to you actually make some real damn money these younger kids with the you know internet and these apps and the world literally at your fingertips a lot of them are making money when they're teenagers. You know, they launch their companies. So the mindset is always very different from generation to generation. But how do you guys feel about internships? Are we at the point where they need to be paid or should people still be doing them for free? I believe that everybody should be paid for their time. I do. Um, kind of soft. <laughs> that's a yeah everybody should be paid for their time as as far as just that i mean those are this is a new way of thinking like you were saying i mean that's like an old way of thinking of having to go through these super rough struggles to not even know what's going to end at like happen at the end of the day you're doing all of this free work busting your tail and then you may not even get hired at the end of it or may have to go in the opposite direction i think you know, right now, whoever was genius enough to pay the first intern to keep him around, he's a genius um, or she's genius. But, um, you know, the, the kids right now, they're able to get uh, experience in other ways. They're able to get money in other ways. So, you know, for them to go to somebody, hey, listen, I am able to put in the work. It's not like I'm here showing up just I want to check if I'm putting in the work. I mean, 
maybe I should get paid for it. But also, it comes in different currencies as well. I, I feel like in me and Mina's situation, Mina didn't pay me to intern her, but I received everything else from it. You know, just as, as far as like working with her, the experience and all that stuff, you know, she picking me up, vice versa, the 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 friendship. And, you know, to, to, to me, that means more than any paycheck that she could have gave me. But everybody's not in situations like this. You know, it's not a, a interpersonal relationship. It's more corporations and stuff like that where your boss is just a boss at the end of the day. You're only here for a certain amount of time. So that's how I view it. I do feel like, you know, these kids should be at least compensated somewhat for their time. I disagree with you. I, you, I, you gave all the reasons why I disagree. I feel like, you know, because they are getting the experience. And, and I am probably coming from my own unpaid internship <laughs> mindset here. But, you know, that was the thing was you had to work hard. You had to work hard and show your work ethic. And I'm not saying that all of the kids or young adults are like this. But what I did notice just coming from an unpaid internship to an intern started getting paid. And a lot of it had to do with different labor laws that were passed in different states. It, again, it was almost like this sort of like privilege and the dedication to the work was not the same as even the un interns that came after me and just noticing their work ethic because they did take it like, oh, this is just a job. Instead of this could be a lifetime experience where I'm really learning and grasping and networking some of them took it very lightly, but I do think that, you know, there are certain things you don't have to get paid for. I'm sorry. Like, and I, maybe again, I'm being a little salty because I had to go to school and do my internship and I had to work. Like I had to do all of them at the same time. And you figured out a way to do it. And I just do, I do think some of it, and I don't want to talk down to people. It's just, I just think sometimes you have to put that work, hard work and ethic in and know what it really feels like to be like, I did this and because I did this man they bringing me on to give me I don't know $35 a game or you know whatever it is to get to that next level where I feel like you know some of these people are like oh I did an internship you know it's whatever you know because they were only paying me X amount and not looking at really the experience and what they're gaining out of it yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that Garnett said that I thought was almost laughable is that you said the person who came up with paying the first internship is genius. I think it's the opposite. Whoever yeah, talked yeah, to themselves yeah, like, yeah, you're right. I'm going to bring these kids in here and I'm going to let them work, but I'm not going to pay them a dime. <laughs> I'm going to let them do all this work. <laughs> That's genius right there. Um, it, it's, I, I'm back and forth with this. On one hand, I do think that people should be paid for their work. If, you're, if somebody's doing something, they're putting work into something, they should be paid for. However, I think when you start to do that, like I went to an HBCU and it's not one of the most popular HBCUs. And I really think that when, well, actually, it's the first HBCU, like University, but so I, but I do feel like that if you were to set up a thing where you're like, we're going to have to pay intern, pay interns. I think when people at Lincoln University and Cheney University are competing with people from Penn State and Temple, I think that we're going to get the crappy end of the stick. I think they're going to be looking for certain people, and I think they're going to look past us. So that's why, like, it's hard for me to get into an argument like you got to pay these people because if they say yes, I think they're going to be looking for a certain type of person, and then we're going to get into this whole like discrimination stuff. And it's like you can't prove it, but they're still going to be doing it. And then on the flip side of that. I did an internship in an undergrad that I just knew was going to turn into a job because I felt like I was so good at it and I learned 
well, I was so good at it. And like, I was bringing so many skills that I learned from school there, but like, I got nothing out of the internship. Like I didn't get a job out of it. I have some friends from it, but like, okay. But, <laughs> but like That even, don't pay the bills. <laughs> no, and even experience wise, like I feel like I learned a lot more in school than I did the internship. So if I was getting money during that, I could look back and be like, okay, you know what? I got money off of it. But the experience that I got wasn't really enough for me to be like satisfied with it. So I think you hit on a good point. It's the really the experience. You know what I'm saying? What kind of experience you're getting? Like the way that I see it is whoever was the first intern to sue, because that's how this started, right? There's an intern that said, I'm being worked like an employee and I don't have employee benefits. I'm not getting paid. I'm suing. That's how this happened. I feel like that person really messed it up for everybody to come after them because you know when you pay someone to do a job, you're paying for their skill level, their, their, them fulfilling the requirements. Do you have your bachelor's? Do you have at least three years experience on the job? Do you know what you're doing? So in your situation, Dexter, the experience really counted because you actually bought more to the internship than they actually bought to you. But what an internship should be doing is giving you the opportunity to prove yourself, even though you don't fulfill all the qualifications that normally they would require for somebody to get hired with a salary. So that's kind of how I feel like these people that think, oh, well, I need to get paid. You actually shot yourself in the foot because you don't have the experience. And now you have no way to prove that even though you don't have all the qualifications, you can still do the job. You know, at the radio stations that I work at, there's no interns. There's no interns anymore. Companies are like, well, why would I hire an intern when I can hire someone else that's four years out of college and pay them the same money? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, why would I hire like someone that's in school that doesn't have, you know, hasn't even had an entry level job, you know? So like the opportunities aren't there for them. The jobs aren't there for them, particularly in this pandemic. And there's not even a way for you to get yourself in the in the building. You can't even get your foot in there. There's no interns. No interns. You to your point. I was gonna say you're right. The pandemic proved I definitely don't need to pay you. Like where maybe there might have been some of the, <laughs> the internships willing to work. Like okay, let's see how we pivot during this and what experience you can get out of being on our Zoom meetings or whatever. But it's now like, I mean, sorry, we're not going in the building. There's not like so I don't have to pay another person that doesn't have any experience as we navigate through this new normal. So I do feel like they kind of shot themselves in the foot, so to speak to your point right now and what we're living in. And it'll be interesting coming out of it. Right. But I, but I will say, I think that kind of thinking is only for a certain period. You can't be 35 going on an internship and not getting paid. Like, like that's only acceptable when, you know, and no disrespect to anybody doing that, but I'm just saying like, when you are in college, you know, you're still kind of like coming into the game, getting your feet wet, learning, you know, unfortunately for Dex, you know, you didn't get the experience that you wanted. <laughs> I, say, though, I was able to put that on my resume and I'm Honestly, See? that counts for a lot too, because it, like they don't know what you did or what you didn't do there. But like you were saying, these people now can't even put that on their resume because you're not being invited 
been there. Right. But I think as a whole, people need to kind of get away from. And I see this with a lot of young people. Right. Because I deal with young people all the time. I mean, we don't have engines anymore, but I mentor a lot of like young people in radio. And I always tell them, like, I think with the younger generation and I'm part of like the millennial class, it's like the older side. I think like the younger millennials, you guys really just need to change your mindset sometimes. Like you need to see opportunities other than monetary you know, like they don't see, oh, this is opportunity to network or have someone's email or build a relationship or, you know, learn a skill set or put this on my resume. Like that's just as valuable as you getting paid probably more valuable. Right. You said exactly what I was trying to say. It's such a nice way. <laughs> that's because that's because I had I, that's because I had two internships and I ain't get paid not one damn dime in college. And I had a job and I had two majors and I had a minor and I graduated cum laude. So y'all better stop enabling your damn kids. Talk about well, my child needs to get paid because it's too much. It's too no, much. I have a job, right? Internship and go to school. No, people people have done it. For right. years and been doing it and to your other point i think depending on the industries you want to be in like besides internships because i wanted to be in sports and entertainment i was volunteering for things like what can i volunteer for me to too network to be able to meet people like sign me up like we're not, I, speaking of nba all-stars i paid my own way for two all-stars to be there and work volunteer but again i was able to put that on my resume i was able to meet people that I will work with later. Like it, it was all about just the networking and then the experience. And, and that to me was invaluable. I didn't care that I had to kind of pay it forward and pay my own way to be in some of those rooms. But yeah, this is a new generation. You and uh, a lot of other people, you know, just with that mindset was able to get the best out of the situation. And, you know, fortunately enough, the situation didn't get the best out of you. And some of the people that may have sued, you know, the interest, uh, the, 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 the employers or whatever that they were interning for may have gotten the opposite of that deal. And they were overworked where, you know, they're only supposed to be working a certain amount of hours, but yet they're finding ways to cut corners to make that person work more. Or, you know, I do that. (laughs) (laughs) I work my interns to death. (laughs) So so it's, 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 it's just finding ways to do X, Y, Z. And, you know, maybe somebody, is looking at it, you know, I got so much other stuff to do and I'm not getting paid for this or not that, especially college where, you know, a lot of them are broke. They're away from home. A lot of them don't have no money, don't have extra time to do other things. And that's what you get. You 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 get that kind of, you know, mindset and them feeling like they're being taken advantage of. I will say, you know, some companies have taken advantage of their interns, you know, and that's why this is even a conversation right now. You know, um, it's it's almost like free labor. It's I mean, I don't want to say the word, but you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's almost like like, you know, the borderline that. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation, because that is a real problem. You know, interns getting overworked. I've overworked my interns. I'll be the first to tell you, you know, I treat them like employees. (laughs) But I will say, um, Garnett, like I feel like the solution should have been more of a crackdown on the internship programs, right? And rules regarding what can and can't be done. I think what ended up happening was it literally went from interns to no interns. 
because I, you know, and I remember when it happened, they were like, well, we, why we, I was like, why we ain't got interns? Okay. I was doing mornings and they were like, cause we got to pay them. So what happens? They're not going to come out of pocket and hire new people. They're just going to be like, okay, we're not going to use them. You do the work. Right. <laughs> you know, I do love what Garnett said though, as far as like the experience level, like where, where, we may have gotten whatever we got got out of the situation, but this person might have felt like they were overworked. But I think that goes back to what Mina was saying, where it's like it's quality work, though. So like, yes, like there were certain things I had to do during my internship that I thought were a bit ridiculous or whatever. But there were things that I would be doing should I get in a position within the field. I was also asked once to walk someone's dog. And I, and I said, no, I'm not going to do that because I don't think that's beneficial to me. So if somebody's asking <laughs> like no like you you are a college student you can speak up for yourself but if they're asking you to do things that you know that you will be doing within the field i don't think that's asking for too much and i don't think that's overworking them either that's really showing them like how to work this job in a very short amount of time because a lot of these internships are six weeks or maybe even lo- less than that so you're learning so much in a short amount of time i think it's i think it's a bad mindset to think you're being overworked if you're doing stuff that's beneficial to you well, back to like what you were saying, Dex, this really comes down to the experience because I interned at High 97, right? And I literally, it took me three years to get to that internship. I literally tried every way and I wanted it so bad, you know? So when I got in the building, I, I had worked so hard to get there. I don't care what they were giving me. I'm here, you know? So like I've gotten my share of coffee, lunch, you know, but it was like, I feel like the mindset was different. Like when I was, when they were asking me to get their coffee, I'm like, okay, how much sugar do you want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, like I was like, I was so happy to be there because I had worked so hard to get there that anything that they would have asked of me, I would have been happy to do. And I almost, I learned from being in that experience. And I'm not saying everyone's like this. Not every internship is like this. Not every employer is like this. But when I was interning, I had any seven. I learned that they gave you little dumb things to see if you can do those things right. And if you did them right, and I know you're going to hate this, Dex, but eventually I moved up to do real stuff. Like I was in a real music meeting when at the time Ebro Darden was the program director. Now he's on air there and he does mornings. But back then he wasn't doing mornings. I was in a real like music meeting with Ebro and we were sitting there looking at charts and like I got to pick the song that we added. I'm in love with a stripper. That's the song that I added <laughs> that I voted for. <laughs> but I like do you understand the amount of joy that I felt after all the coffee getting after all pick up my lunch? Here's the tip, you know, after take this note, you know, like I got to be in a music meeting and it's like it was a slow process. And I feel like people don't even appreciate that anymore. And because it was so hard for people like me, like now they'd be having the interns on social media and stuff. I couldn't even take pictures when I was there. (laughs) Like it's it's so different now. Yeah, well, and that's yeah. the other thing is, you know, once you are getting paid and not to say as an intern, you were not representing the company because you were, but you are now an official employee. And there are a lot of rules that as a young adult, you might feel this is my social media. This is my that now once you come in a paid employee, you have to really fall in line with their rules. And I do think, you know, again, we don't know what's going to happen, but with the minimum wage talk being, you know, talked to being passed and well, as in fully passed, but being talked about being raised, that could be another issue that again, maybe companies that already didn't want to pay, but just were going to pay the minimum wage. And then they're like, 
yeah. an hour. I don't know if I really need these interns paying them at that that amount, you know, coming out of a pandemic where we are. But I, I honestly, I, I don't know. I just pray for our, our new generation and next generation to see the virtual learning and them wanting to get paid for everything they do. God just, bless y'all. Just one more point, though, and I don't know if this is possible, but I do think, though, that the school could take on some responsibility too. So like when I was in school, like I had a work study job and like I got paid through that. Granted, it was a position that you have to do on the campus, but like, I don't see why there can't be a situation where if a person's doing an internship and they're living on campus, that they could that could be counted for work study. And then maybe they do something else at the school to earn some money or something like that too. Like the thing is we get to this place where we don't even try to come up with solutions. It's just, we're not gonna do it. And then there's colleges that are just like, instead of being like, let us try to help come up with a solution. They're they're just going to take it off the curriculum. What for me, like an internship was mandatory to graduate. Now, if they're not offering an internship, they'll just take it off instead of trying to come up with a solution or let you intern somewhere in the school. And to me, that's just not beneficial. I think you should come up with some some ways to get these kids paid or like some type of stipend or something like that, and then like kind of move on from there. Hmm. Uh, I, I also look at it from this standpoint too. Uh, I watch a lot of sports. And I'm huge college for uh, college sports fan, so I kind of look at what they do as similar to that of like unpaid internship. Like I feel like they deserve to get paid as well, in the sense of the stuff that they got them doing. I feel like they're unpaid internships at times. I mean, and they're making money for the school, so. I was just going to say that. I think the difference is they're making money for the school. And I, I think when the school, when someone's making money off of you, then yes, you deserve to get paid. What is it? What is it? intern doing too, though? It's just, it's, yeah, you don't make money for the, the uh, establishment. But I mean, like college players are literally bringing in money. Like people are paying to go see them and stuff like that. Like they deserve to get paid. Right. The internship is more of a, a conversation piece because like when I, the internship that I did, I wasn't making the company any money. You know what I mean? Like I was just there helping out, but I wasn't bringing any money to them. You yeah. So. Right. You I was going to say, I did usually like tell our interns, you affect our bottom line because again, I want them to take the ownership and take it serious. Girl, you was gassing them. They- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go and you put out pocket schedules. And, you know, somebody's watching a Sixers game or somebody buys a ticket. Like, those are things that affect the bottom line of a company. So take that with pride. Don't take it like, oh, they sent me out with 5,000 schedules. And she said, get rid of them and throw them in the trash can. Don't really focus on where you're putting them at and, and try to come up with a strategy. Yeah, you're the reason why the internship suit, the, the intern suits might, because you had them thinking that they were affecting the bottom line. You really, you really guessed what they were thinking, that they were like, I affect the bottom line. This got to be at the right place. And you had to do that every night. And they were like, damn, it's enough, it's enough. And they sued. It's your fault. This is your definitely fault. not my interns. It wasn't mine. Let me say something, though. If you have interns, please make it worth their while. Like, I literally used to teach my interns what I know. Right. You and know, I'm just using that example because I'm not trying to be smart. As an actual employee, that same thing we had to do. So I used to tell them all the time, like, and that is true. I never asked anyone to do something that I either hadn't done or wouldn't do myself. No, nope. I never asked them to do anything beneath again. Because I, I, I just, I didn't want that for myself. Like, I didn't want somebody coming back and being like, this intern when I had Shane, if anything, I hear stories like Garnett later, and then I'd be saying, like, 
hey, this person bigger than me now, but they like, thanks to Shayna, because I told them about that bottom line. I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, I, I, I think that's the most important thing, though, uh, what I'm gathering just from everybody, especially what you just said, Shayna, is at the end of the day, the conversation is people need to treat people better. That's it. It wouldn't even be a conversation if the employers were just treating the interns fairly at the end of the day. Make sure they're treated as an employee, not just working wise, but make them feel like they want to be there every day. Can I just tell the story of how, how Garnett got on the podcast? Because I'm surprised you have the uh, the stance that you have, Garnett, because I feel like you're you're the opposite of what you're advocating for. Right. So the right way. Is that what it was? That, okay. That, and I mean, I, I I didn't come with any expectations of, hey, listen, I'm like, I, I knew I wasn't getting paid the first day, but to do that, <laughs> I already knew that the opportunity came across, you know, he off the rip. He yeah, did. It, it literally came across my desk with his tag that said, not getting paid, but here, <laughs> you have something to do something. You know, it, it's an opportunity, and I was willing to jump on the opportunity as well because there just wasn't many opportunities. This was exactly the opportunity I was looking for. It's not like I had eight or nine, ten other, you know, internships to possibly pick from or choose from. This was just the one that I knew, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is this is it. So my mindset was already just completely different. So I can't blame the ones that have – 10 internships that they can look at and be like, uh, yeah, I can actually pick and choose. My situation was just, Mina, yes, we going, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Wait, so here's the story, right? When I first started my podcast, it was like in 2016. So nobody was podcasting. I think the only person I knew had a podcast was Joe Budden, right? That's the only person I knew. And he's innovative in that way. Like he's one of the first people that I knew had a podcast. So, um, so at first it was just me and the way that the, the way that the podcast was, was I used to do mornings at the time and I used to like pitch interviews and the interviews that the morning show didn't want to interview. I would like, I'm, I still wanted to talk to them. Right. Like, so I would do those interviews on my podcast. So that's how my podcast started. So I get an email from Garnett one day. I didn't know him at all. He was like, Hey, Mina, I really want to work with you. Like anything that you want, like I'm on board and I'm like, okay, come work on my podcast. <laughs> so first Garnett starts producing the podcast. So he starts like booking guests and like uh, that's when he introduced me to Wayne Campbell, who we had on the show with Mir Fontaine and with Mir Pesos. And at that time, Wayne was just doing videos like now he does beats and, you know, Wayne is like super Superman. But um, Wayne was doing like mad vid music videos. So like he used to have Wayne come in like video all our, you know, all our interviews and like. He did all that on his own. And then I was like, okay, come on the podcast with me. <laughs> so that was kind of how like it started. You know, I was just like, he did such a good job, really just like taking that job so seriously, like producing the podcast and bringing things to the table that I was like, come on the show. You'll be a part of it now. Like yeah, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was it was worked up. It was worked up. Now you know. Now Look we, at you now. We're wearing a layer. That's definitely. I I I completely understand what you say. I, I I do sound like I'm wilding out a little bit for uh having well, this. You thing. advocating for the for the, for the kids <laughs> that's just trying to get paid. <laughs> well, I will say this before we go. There 
the most famous intern in the world, I just learned she did not get paid for the work that she was doing. And I think that speaks volumes. It's Monica Lewinsky. She was doing, she's the world. Uh, you know what? Okay. The okay. At the White House was <laughs> And I don't think she would be very happy about the experience that she got. <laughs> Girl, you should have got paid. Okay. That was funny. That got paid that. something. Listen, if you go do something strange, get some change. You got paid with something. The, the, the funny thing about that is I was on Twitter a couple weeks ago and she randomly popped up on my TL. There's people badgering her under her pictures on Twitter about that still to this day. She was 22 when that happened. Like, the girl's yeah. probably like 50 now. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she's definitely up there. Some people don't even know who she is. Google right. her. Google her. <laughs> Monica Lewinsky, you will be blown away, literally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on that note, thank you guys for watching. <laughs> <laughs> the Mina's House podcast. You know, I, I get a couple <laughs> here and there. You know, I ate my Wheaties today. <laughs> uh, thank you for watching and listening the 167th episode of the Mina's House podcast. I'm Mina, say what? I'm Shayna B. Garnett Briscoe. Jack Stuckey. Bye, guys.